three, two, one, and we are live broadcasting from Dorado, Puerto Rico. And Julie and I have chosen a new beach to broadcast from today. <laughs> this and is in uh, front of the Ambassadors of the Environment, sitting uh, next to the Barlovento restaurant here in Dorado. And which is closed. Yes, which everything is closed, but there's some kite surfers around and You'll probably hear the wind, maybe the ocean, and definitely a whole lot of baby parrots flying around. Yeah, we are we are inundated with little green parrots. Who? It's funny. We're sitting where this, you know, by this closed restaurant, which is basically a beachside restaurant. We might take some pictures and um, put them on our website so you guys can see. And uh, these little birds are obviously used to begging off of um, the people at the restaurant. Because as soon as they saw Julie and I, they thought we were the second coming. <laughs> and we were, Where's and we their stuff? Where's their food? And we didn't think to bring them anything to eat, so now I'm feeling kind of bummed out the fact that I just have my Diet Coke, and I'm pretty sure they don't care about that. They want French fries, and so they want them now. That's right. So if you guys, if you guys hear uh, wind, birds, ocean, and oh, there's a loud bird in the background, it's because we really are outside. So... Um, I have to tell you, listeners, I am a little bit exhausted. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm going to be able to find my presenter's preacher's voice today as I do on our podcast normally because I'm just sort of exhausted. I've been on the phone. Julie's been on the phone constantly. Like, and just I don't even. I haven't even kept track how many calls I've been having because I even even people haven't even been scheduling calls with me. They've been calling in a panic. I've been getting just everything you can possibly imagine brokerages big brokerages i've been on conference calls zoom meeting after zoom meeting and um, i'm going to tell you all the things i'm going to summarize basically what julie and i are seeing across the country and i'm going to do it in two simple words uh fear loathing and panic that i know i'm not supposed to talk like that we're supposed to be you know motivational and rah rah but really at this point um there's a tug of war that's going on and, and it's in all of our psyches. And I feel it within mine, too. I'm not going to lie. And it's a tug of war from being optimistic, maybe even overly optimistic, that somehow it's going to just you know snap back like a rubber band and the economy is going to be back where it was and everything you thought you knew was going to uh, be relevant again. And then the other side of this tug of war is what's basically winning right now, which is fear and loathing. So in the middle is a lot of consternation in the middle is lack of direction and that's the void that Julie and I've been trying to fill for all these folks that listen to us you guys included around the country and so on these calls we've been on leadership calls and you know CEO calls and all these other calls where these people are trying to find their voice and uh, without exposing who is going to us for advice and coaching um, I'm going to tell you that I'm not surprised I'm a little bit disheartened by how few people who call themselves leaders really know anything to do. Uh, they have no clue what to do right now. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to dust their playbooks off from their past, maybe partially relevant life experiences of, you know, depending on how old you are, going all the way back to the 80s in a couple of cases when I was talking to people. You know, I was talking to somebody in Dallas and the oil crash, and I was talking to somebody, you know, of the tech bubble and, you know, the Silicon Valley, and I was talking to somebody, just all these different things. And so people are trying to find things to relate to as far as what they're, gonna, what they're experiencing and what's going to happen next. In other, in other words, they want to know what it's going to feel like for their own security, but they want to know what it's going to feel like for the sake of their own businesses. And here's the problem. None of those experiences are really relevant. They're not, there is no there are no comparisons to what's basically happening right now in the economy 
Jillian and I were just talking. We're, um, we're like I said, we're at a different beach today here in Dorado, and uh, on our walk. She and I had, I don't know, Julie, I, I, I was on the phone this morning. This is, you know, for three hours solid yeah. on the weekend. And then I was sending you articles and things. Mm-hmm. And there is no reference point for any of this. No. What's, what's happening right now has never happened before in the United States. It's just full stop. That's it. So to say it's going to be like September 11th, it is emotionally going to feel like you're attacked because we, we were. And so it does feel like that. And you can say, well, it feels like the recession, but maybe, but not like this. Um the, some of the facts and figures that are coming out right now about what is happening. I'll, I'll give you one, Julie. I didn't tell you this. The U.S. government, mm-hmm. didn't, you may have heard this actually, now that I'm thinking about it. The U.S. government has formally asked, formally requested that the states stop sharing their unemployment numbers. You know, you know when that's happened before? Never. That's never, never happened before. So the government knows that the unemployment numbers are so bad. Already. Already. Exactly. We're only yeah. two weeks into this. So some of the early projections of 20% unemployment, I'm now reading coming out of people who I trust, frankly, they're seeing 40% unemployment on the near horizon. And here's how they're basing it. Because I, my you know, bullshit meter pegged when I hear stuff like that. But here's what they're doing. They're using every sort of possible you know, meter to gauge how bad the slowdown's gone. And so in LA, one of the people I was talking to recently who was a big, big broker out there, a friend of his has a big credit card payment processing company. Like, you know, the, these people are not poor. And he said that the pre- credit card charges to all of his merchant customers were down on average 36%. So that means the millions, I didn't tell you that, did I? Mm-mm. That you means that the part. millions of customers this guy has that he processes c- credit cards for, their revenue th- collectively is down 36%. Is that? And this is only a couple weeks into it. So it's going to get worse. Because what happens is, as people start worrying about their own personal economies more, and this is what we're going to talk with you guys about today, and they're going to start worrying about their own ability to keep their own lights on, the last thing they're going to do is spend money. And you're going to see just the collapse upon collapse of businesses just millions of businesses are i mean look in the brokerage business what we know most brokers are operating on less than a three percent net margin most franchises and i'll use like for example there's a well-known franchise that has a requirement of all of its franchisees that they have 90 days of cash reserves 90 days is not going to do it in this marketplace and so what's going to happen is right now, closings are still taking place, but it's because of their contracts and work that happened 60, 90 days ago. But now 60, 90 days in the future, are you putting things in contracts? Some of you are. But for the most part, people are in that fear and loathing phase. That side of the tug of war match is winning. So as long as that continues to win, it's going to continue to get worse. And, and here's what's really interesting about all of this is that like, if you see all these brokerages, all these brokerages are these tiny little margins. They're all going to collectively go out of business. So you might be talking to your broker today and your office and everything's fine, and tomorrow the doors are locked. That's what happened back in 07 through 09, but now these brokers are going to be closing up so fast, it's going to make your head spin. And that's going to that's gonna start a cycle of other ancillary service providers. Um, they're going to close up too. And then you got to think about, just think about where these dominoes stop falling. You can't because they don't. You think about the commercial office space. You know, you can think about all the people that are going to hit unemployment. And that's, you know, like I said, the government's not going to be reporting the actual unemployment claims. Um, so, I mean, Julie, what are the things you read this morning so I can have a sip of well, Diet Coke? <laughs> yeah, take a breath. Uh, Diana Olick, who we followed way back e- even into the recession, a reporter. Was, I always forget if she's 
I think she's CNBC. Anyway, she was reporting and predicting that the number of home sales could be as far as 35% low prediction in second quarter. So to use your example, you know, the, the uh, company that was reporting 20, 36% less in sales. Well, I'll, it's not I'll, company. It's a credit card credit processor. Credit card processor. Right. Okay. So 36% down, right? So imagine all a broker has to be is 4% down. Yep. And, and if the re- even if the real estate sales are down 10%, they're going to feel it. And then what happens to them? You and I were talking on our walk. They have to renegotiate their commercial lease. Maybe that building goes vacant. Maybe their agents have to find a different place to hang their license. You know, it's just this massive snowball effect of one thing affects the next. And, you know, when um, it just I'm going to throw it out there because it's it's disingenuous if we don't. The fact is, is that you're going to see businesses like online businesses. You're going to see Amazon. You're going to see, you know, there was another you said CNBC. Mm-hmm. There was another prediction that the only businesses left standing, the only retails left standing are Amazon. And I don't even remember the two others. They're basically the yeah. two, the two big or the three biggest online retailers because they have the infrastructure and the system designed to make it so that they're not relying on retail or not de- relying on bricks and mortar. But some of these brokers that I've been talking with, you know, I asked them how much money they have in cash reserves in their business, and a lot of them, they don't have anything, or they have fifty yep. or sixty grand, it's or they they have nothing. And then I don't even want to know what they're planning on doing if they don't shut down immediately. Uh, frankly, I know this is scary, guys, but that's what's going to have to happen. And I'll tell you what will happen: they won't do it. They're going to be too far on the optimistic side. They're not going to be prepared. They aren't prepared now. They're not prepared for what's going to happen next. And what's going to happen next is they're going to have to. They're they're not going to be able to make payroll. They're not going to be able to make their leases. They're not going to be able to pay anything. And and well, even their technology bill. Exactly, um, and that's going to leave a whole bunch of agents homeless in terms of where they're going to hang their licenses. If there was ever a time for online brokerage business models to start to flourish, it's now. And if if you are essentially a you know franchise bricks and mortar based uh, real estate brokerage model and you don't move to online, you're crazy. the The world is going to forever change. And I was writing, I started to write notes for something I hadn't finished it yet. But like the concept was before Corona BC versus after Corona, you know AC. And I was trying to mastermind myself basically coming up with all the different things that will change societally as far as people's expectations for how they live and work and interact and i just literally couldn't come up with i i kept on writing you know, the ac because i you know all the things that are going to change because everything's going to change every single freaking thing's going to change and and this is also going to be the death knell for a lot of business models that have just been holding on by their fingernails again if you're running a brokerage with two or three percent margins you're that you're basically holding on by your fingernails and and if I were in your position, this is what I would do. And and we're going to focus the rest of the show. We're going to pivot back towards talking about specifically what agents need to be doing, which frankly is relevant to brokerages too. But if you're a broker right now and you're thinking you're thinking somehow, you know, in the next couple months, things are going to be back to the way they were, they're not. Um, and the simple reason is, is because it's not going it, to, th- we could be in a, a year to three year cycle now. We certainly are in the economy, but at what point do they actually find a cure for the coronavirus? You're going to hear about reports coming out about it sort of ebbing and flowing. New cases, you know, are on the decline. And then you're going to hear, well, they're on the incline, increase again. And this is going to go back and forth for a long period of time. It's going to cause more fear and panic. And, it just and the, the stock whole thing. market will continue to be the roller coaster. Yeah, the, the stock market. You guys think the stock market's at the bottom? No way. The stock oh. market can go a long, long way down. Um, if, if people and basically a stock market is basically people buying uh, with the hopes and dreams that 
a company's future revenue is going to be you know worth five or six times or three times what it, what it currently is. They're simply buying into the idea that in the future that company is going to be doing better than it is now. Well, if people don't believe that for a lot of these companies, like I'll tell you what, companies like Zillow and companies like all these other companies that were getting ahead of their skis with these iBuyer companies, and I don't really see a future for them. What are they going to do? You know, they're going to morph into something else. At what point does their stock just take a nosedive and they can't raise money anymore? You know, to buy more houses. Uh, Redfin stop buying houses. They're all stop buying houses. So all those all those business models that could only exist in an upward trajectory, uh, cheap money world, they're all probably going to suffer if not completely go out of business. And look, this stuff is it sounds depressing because it is depressing. And and why are we not trying to put a you know primrose glasses on and present a rah rah version of the future to you? Because there is no rah-rah on the near horizon. The reality of it is, is things are going to get a lot scarier before things are going to get a lot scarier before they're not. And if we don't absolutely push you past the fear and loathing phase into the acceptance phase, into the taking action phase, then you're going to suffer. And you're going to suffer more than you ever have before. We're in historic times, guys. Um, so, I mean, is there anything I'm not touching on that you read that we're writing part articles well, on? Well, if you want to pivot, you know, a lot of my research has been... Uh, since I'm kind of in charge of the what to do about this whole mess, <laughs> point by point, podcast style type of things, is you know there are some very significant differences between now and the previous recession. And to your point, everybody's trying to make those parallels because if you can compare it to something, it makes you feel better. Like you can predict that something's going to come from this, and you can say this time was just like that time, and yet this is absolutely not like that time. And there are some positive parts to that. For example last go around people just missed their payments their credit got hit they got foreclosed on that's how that went so what's happening this time we already this early on have reports and uh, have done tons of research on this about uh, mortgage companies being willing for up to 12 months to put your payments into forbearance to do loan modifications different versions well, let's drill down and you know that's totally 1000 percent different than last time so it was on yahoo finance this morning right it's here. been on other and julie's got the story pulled up but i'll just summarize it julie yep. basically here's your action item every single one of you need to be calling your mortgage company up and if you basically project or are experiencing financial harm as a result of the coronavirus most every major mortgage company um, in America is making it so that you can get a forbearance on your mortgage for 12 months. Not just your primary mortgage, but also your rental properties, your vacation properties. And by the way, the vacation property market and the upper end market, those markets are going to basically be laid to waste over the over a changing market like this. If you're selling second and third home market, um, beachside condos where people are hoping to make them to VRBOs, the VRBO market is going to be decimated. That, all those little ancillary markets are going to get wiped out first. So you absolutely, positively, I don't care how much cash you've got in the bank, you've got to call up your mortgage company. You have to say, I, you know, there's going to be a form to fill out. I personally know three people that already did this in L.A., and it was a one-form deal. One there was phone call, one form. No verification, no proof. No and it doesn't freaking, hit your credit. No, and it doesn't hit your credit. No tax returns, no proof of anything, no bank statements. You just call them up and you say, listen, I've been adverse. My income was adversely affected because of the coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. Boom, no payments for 12 months. Every single one of you will have to do that. And every single mortgage you have that will immediately uh, give you cash flow. You have to do it. No, now, be smart about it. This is not telling you 
that everybody is off scot-free and you just simply stop making your mortgage payment. You do that and your credit will be hurt and you will have ramifications. You must call your servicer. And to Julie's point, this is different than last time. Last time there was no program like this. Now the banks are getting ahead of it. Here's something else. This one I'm less enthusiastic about, but here it goes. Um, we're reading tons of articles about, so, uh, so we'll take this from a, two parts. So the Small Business business Administration, we talked about this on the show the other day, is going to come out with some kind of low interest or no interest loans for small business owners. We're not sure. The last thing I read, it was predicated based on um, your average payroll. Now, most of you are self-employed, but if you're self-employed and you're the only person on payroll, well, your average payroll is yourself. So you might be able to get a small business loan from the SBA, and we're going to research this more, and as soon as more information comes out, we're going to tell you. Right now they're saying for businesses with less than 50 employees and designed to cover payroll and hard costs, and loans are projected to be over five years with zero interest. Okay, so listen, there you go. So if the if the SBA comes out with a five years in, zero interest-free uh, loan, every single and and you guys can get a forbearance on your mortgage, every single one of you have to you have to be doing that. Go to the SBA, apply for an interest-free loan for five years, and take out an interest-free loan for five years. To not do that is just batshit crazy because it's going to get way worse before it gets better. And God knows how deep that and how long that program will exist. What generally speaking is it happens is these programs come out and they're designed to catch as big of a net as possible. And once they perceive they've caught enough, you know, basically helped enough people, then they start reeling it in and it becomes more bureaucratic. So as soon as that program, is it hard now? Can people actually start doing it? Did I'm it say? not sure it's been released it's, now, it's but projected. what I'm doing is I'm making a collection of all of these special programs and exactly who to talk to, the phone numbers, the links. Agent survival guide. All of that kind of stuff. Yep. The agent survival guide. Because this stuff, guys, this is not really optional. You don't nope. want to wait and see how it goes. Yep. That's already happened for two weeks. You already tried that. It's not getting better. And let's say that we're all wrong. You're still going to have your butts covered for quite some time. Yeah. And you'll say, thank you, past fill in the blank with your name for being ahead of that. You don't have to use the money. You can just leave yeah. it there. I mean, you don't, you, but I mean, that right there, guys, That's amazing. Okay. That so is that, amazing because there was no safety net like that nope. last time. There you go. So I'm it, glad it's not just like last time. Agreed. And so here's the difference between last time and this time. The money is going to the big banks because the big banks are the major arteries for basically the economy. That's where the money flows through. But then you're also saying the money is going directly to consumers, primarily small business owners, because we're the employers, we're the you know we're the fuel behind the economy. All of us are, and so there you go. There's two home runs right there. Well, there's See, a third one too. Just in case somebody listening is already in trouble, there's no uh, foreclosures or evictions for the next. I believe it's 60 days, but I would totally expect that to be year. extended. Yeah. If it hasn't already been in the works on this next bill that they're going to vote on. Right. So no foreclosures or evictions. So those of you guys who think that you're going to just instantaneously ride that REO wave. That's already been delayed, and it might yep. not happen. Well, matter of fact, Julie and I researched. Um, we dusted off our Rolodex and called all of our old REO contacts, many of which aren't even on the REO business anymore, but they're doing the same thing. And we're about to get molested by somebody's dog. Is he cute? <laughs> yeah, he's cute. That's Don't worry. Good. Hi. As long as it's not a person. What is that? Kind of Pri Prince. What kind of dog is that? Oh, Prince. Cavalier Prince yeah. Charles, I think. They're yeah. Super Didn't Queen cute. one of the queens have a bunch yeah. of those things? Super cute. Yeah. What were we just talking we about before we almost got molested? Um, <laughs> no. Oh, you were talking to our REO and uh, oh, yeah. short sale so, so what they're all s telling us is that there was an uptick in REOs recently as some of the banks basically rushed to release the REOs before the rules changed that they weren't going to be allowed to. So there was a little uptick. You'll be hearing that in the next 60 to 90 days. Um, but as far as REOs in general, 
that's that train is not even boarding they they haven't even built the train built the station to board the passengers for it to leave so well, think about how crappy the optics would be on that yep. when you when the government has told you to stay in your home and somebody throws you out of it that's not cool yeah it's not going to happen so uh those of you who are sitting in you know with frothed mouths i'm look, thinking about that dog <laughs> and thinking and thinking about you're going to somehow ride the reo wave the reo wave is not going to happen i don't even know guys if ever frankly they might just basically make it so people can stay in their houses forever who knows i mean that we can talk about the unintended consequences of this kind of overreach or this kind of you know pro these programs but the reality is that if you're if you get used to not making a house payment for a long time i promise you a year from now the government's not just going to say okay you haven't made a payment for 12 months let's flip that switch and let's start making you make your full payment again there's, you know there's going to be some a lot of modifications there's going to be a lot of modifications interest rates yeah i know interest rates went up and the reason the interest rates went up is because the bond market went crazy because people stopped wanting to buy u.s debt because they you know essentially the faith and confidence of the government to pay back the debt is in question in a lot of people in a lot of bond buyers minds and so, with the bond buyers, uh, with the what, uh, what happens naturally is the interest rates go up on those bonds to induce people to want to basically buy that debt, um, and that that has a an effect on mortgage interest rates. It used to be most mortgages were tagged to LIBOR; they're not anymore. Um, so, what the Fed is going to do, and they've already said this, is they're going to start buying their own freaking debt. Hey, guess what? It's TARP again, trouble asset release relief funds, and all these other programs back from the Obama administration. There are uh, uh, new forms of them. They've basically been rebirthed, you know, and you're going to start seeing the government buy their own debt to basically drive interest rates down, and to which leads us to another point. There's going to be some once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for you to lock in long-term debt. Um, if you've got paid-off mortgages, leave them paid off. I think that's going to be the best move. But if you've got debt on any of your mortgages, refinance them. It's very realistic to assume in the very near future, a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is going to start with a 2, as in 2-point-something, not 3 or not 4. So lock that in the second it happens. The problem right now is there's not enough capacity to handle all the refinances. Um, evidently, I'm not an expert at this, but the mortgage pipe itself is completely full, and it's going to be full for projected the rest of this year just from people refinancing. I'm again you're gonna I wouldn't be surprised at all if the government came out with some sort of fast refi program which who knows how it's gonna work but those are the types of things that you're gonna see so the the fear and loathing part of things is real the number of people losing their jobs will be real the hardship of I mean we're not even talking about the health aspects of this because everybody else talks about that you guys can go read about all the different ways the virus spreads and all the different things you can do to prevent it and the self-quarantining and we're not even going to talk about whether self-quarantining is even sustainable because it's probably not i mean how, how long are people going to be willing to stay in their houses i mean i'm looking at julian she's wagging her head what are you I, wagging i just head don't about? see it i i mean i think people will get exhausted on it I, and you know we there's there's plenty of jokes on facebook and things like that about like introverts unite and really our <laughs> lifestyle hasn't changed all like, so much you know, I don't mind getting groceries delivered. I don't really need that combat grocery experience to be happy. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of cool with that. But I think, by and large, you know, humans are social animals. And I, I you know, I just don't... I, I think from an emotional and mental standpoint, that's one issue. But I think economically, it's going to, you know, it's just unsustainable to keep going that way. And then you get back to the health risk issue. So this is kind of a circular conversation for now right so whether it's sustainable long term or how about this this, and this is the other thing a lot of people are predicting and i don't want to talk about the health stuff julie because yeah, we're not experts either. at it nope. and everybody else is talking about that and these guys are sick of it they want to wash know, your hands they want to know what to do no how about this just don't <laughs> leave your damn house yeah you know but so let's talk about that so if you were um julie and i are coming up with a massive action plan 
um, we're going to have, it'll have some sexy name to it, Agent Survival Guide or something like that. And we're going to tell you guys specifically where the biggest opportunities are now. We talked about it a little bit on our podcast, um, and we've already told our coaching clients about it. Our coaching clients, we're going to intentionally, we're front running our coaching clients with all this information ahead of our podcast listeners because we have to be loyal to the people that are loyal to us. Seems fair, right? If you're interested in learning more about our coaching program, the easiest way for you to do is just go to our website, timandjulieharris.com, click on programs. Or if you want us to call you, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. So there are going to be opportunities. And again, we've been, I mean, literally I feel burned out, if you want to know the truth. I don't like those terms, but I do. Because we've been working. Julie and I have been working like, how many hours? 12 hours a day? It's crazy. Yeah, and it's been since the beginning of March when we very first started suspecting it was hitting the fan at a yep. higher level. And it's been all day, every day. Yeah. So what, we, what we've done is our premier coaching product is pretty much kick-ass. But some of the distress content in there, uh, BPO was great, but some of our other distress content in there, short sale and whatnot, we had to dust off, and that's what we've been doing. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to start, we're going to come up with a specific list of things you guys can be doing now to make money from home. The podcast that we're going to do probably tomorrow, and we're going to start obviously broadcasting a lot more frequently. The podcast we're going to do tomorrow is specifically called BPO Cashflow, but I'm going to give you guys a little glimpse of what that is. This is the survival plan that we are just begging every single one of you. After you've gotten, you put your own mask on, after you've basically done all the financial things we told you about, we listened to the podcast we did last week on the four things. That, what was that? I don't remember the title. Four, four action items or four, th- four things to do now, yeah. You can get that on iTunes or obviously over at timandjulieharris.com. Do those things. Do the financial things Julie and I just told you about. Stay tuned to us for because we're going to tell you more and more about other programs that you guys absolutely positively must be exploiting, okay? Somebody driving by in their golf cart. That is loud. It is loud. <laughs> Party goes on. It's Puerto right. Rico. <laughs> so, so, um, but then what you guys get, need to move to is you need to be making cash flow, and you need to figure out a way to make cash flow from home within the confines of what's going to probably be a national shutdown. Ooh, can I tell them something really scary? Yeah. All right, guys, this is really scary. And when I started hearing this um, a week ago, I thought it was uh, freaks being freaks. That's what I thought. I didn't think it was real. But now I started noticing in the news, but specifically not in like the mainstream news, but on the fringe news, people that are reporting essentially firsthand sightings, you know. So I want you guys to start observing how many more people are starting to post pictures of trains and trucks carrying military personnel and military um, just trucks. The National Guard is being deployed. It's more than the National Guard. Mm-hmm. So what appears to be happening is, Julie, you, there were two acts that got him, that uh, were essentially evoked by the president last week. Do you mm-hmm. remember the names of them? If you don't, don't worry about it. It's in my notes for the next week's podcast. Okay. So, he, w- again. But it was basically enabling the quasi-militarization. It's also the same act that allows the government to say, if you make beer, now you get to make hand sanitizer. Right. Right. So essentially, it, it enables the government to take over private property, to take over. Uh, it's a wartime type. It's a thing. wartime act. Kind yeah, of it's thing. a wartime act. But the other thing that uh, one of these acts, small family crossing, another one of these acts <laughs> talk about are <laughs> hi, are the fact that you have. Uh oh, we're about to be visited. No, we like social distancing. Go away. Go we're doing away. Our podcast. We're podcasting. <laughs> See ya. 
I know we're being harassed by friends. Yeah, those are some of our friends. <laughs> you know, he has a podcast. Uh, does he really? Yeah, he has a, he, the, the guy that just we <laughs> we just told to go away. There's some guy that uh, they have a whole bunch of businesses in uh, Washington State in the Seattle area, and he has Julie researched him, and he's oh got like gosh. how many patents did he have? Uh, like hundreds, I believe. Yeah, I mean, really, really, really smart people. Yeah, some of my favorite it's friends. It's amazing. Here. Yeah, they jet back and forth to Seattle on their own private plane, of course. Um, Anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, got oh, the, your the, rude the, friends. I know, right? <laughs> the um, the acts that have been getting passed for being able to to deploy some military. Yeah. Okay. Also so to, that's the other one. You know, right? Reallocate so, things. So yep. people there in Chicago, I've been seeing um, start to put up pictures with question marks about all this military stuff being moved around, and I heard maybe a week ago or maybe two weeks ago. Remember, we told you guys that one of Julie's clients' husbands works at the Pentagon, and so what? I'm we're going a little bit ahead of our skis on this, but it looks to us like what's going to happen is there's going to be a hard stop forced upon big cities primarily, where they're expecting the disease to have the biggest um, effect. There, it appears that they're going to absolutely lock down borders. You guys know that. The borders locked down between Mexico and the United States. The borders locked down between that's already that started this weekend, right? You know, and, and Canada and, and the Canada. United States. And you're going to see airports being shut down. Well, you we've seen the Coast Guard going up and down our coast. Yeah, we have. We have. We've that's seen the different. Coast Guard. So what you're going to see is we're we project, and I hope we're wrong. This would be one of the things I'd love to be wrong about. We project that the the country is going to be on hard lockdown because most people are not obeying the quarantine. And if you're looking what's happening in spring break in Florida right now and all these other things, people are just not understanding the ramifications of not keeping to the distancing thing, not understanding basically what this is actually going to do to not just the economy long term, but frankly, the millions of people that are projected to die. Um, we've heard the number of projected deaths in the United States is now being, and I, don't, I won't repeat it because I don't remember the source, so I don't want to be passing along just you know drama, but it's not a small number. So we're going to leave, <laughs> I guess we're not leaving you at the high point. We're leaving you with a, just a reality. And the reality is that you got to take care of yourself first. Put your own mask on first. And then when doing so, make sure you do the things we suggested you do financially. Do those urgently. Go back and listen to the podcast we did the other day on the four points. And then listen to, uh, again, listen to today's show. Call your mortgage company. Call your credit card company. Pay attention to what the SBA comes out with. Exploit whatever no or low interest loans you guys can get and get them immediately. Trust me when I tell you there was no help for agents last time. Nothing. And it actually seems like there's going to be some help that you guys, not. it's not intentionally designed for agents, but you can exploit it. You can take advantage of it. And and Sorry, also. Cook burp. <laughs> and you okay. absolutely have to. And, and learn, we're going to be talking a lot about BPOs now. Some of them are going to be questioning, well, I thought BPOs were a precursor to a big influx of REOs, and you're saying that there's not going to be a lot of REOs. Well, how about all of the refinances? We're already hearing from our BPO agents that it's fast and furious BPOs for the refis. That's right. So you really have to learn how to do that. That's great temporary cash flow. So Well, I was, I was talking to Brad Inman this morning about mm -hmm. this, and um, I called him. I think he lives in L.A. now, and he was asking me about, and we are talking about BPOs, and he thought the BPO industry was going to just go poof, and it's absolutely not. The BPO industry is going to explode. The BPO industry is going to be one of these things that um, everyone everyone's going to be ordering BPOs. Well, what about all the loan mods that are going to inevitably happen? The loan mods. But here's it, it, here's the other thing. The banks are going to start doing occupancy checks on people. The way they know you're in your house is if you're making a house payment. So if there's a whole bunch of people that have 
forbearances that aren't making their uh, house payments, how are the banks going to know whether there's people living in the house? And the way they're going to do is they're going to order BPOs, and part of the doing the BPO is you're going to be doing an occupancy check. Um, it could just be a drive-by. It could be knocking on the door. It could be looking to see if the mail was taken in. That's what happened back in 07 through 09, but now you're going to see this happening so fast, it's going to just make your head spin. Um, obviously for refinances, obviously for um, just all kinds of different reasons. Purchases, hope, you know, there's going to be a lot of purchases too, people taking advantage of low rates. But BPOs in particular are going to be the lifesaver for virtually all of you listening. And we're going to be doing a drill down call, our podcast tomorrow, probably. What do you think? Possibly. BPO cash flow? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we have to teach them some BPO math and encourage them why it's so critical. You right. know what I see is a podcast coming together named Stuff You Cannot Wait to yeah. figure out stuff that you have to do now, like the you know calling your mortgage company and all that kind of stuff. Learning how to do BPOs, right? You know, this is all urgent stuff. This is not something that you want to sit on and just you know kind of pray to the real estate gods that things will be all right tomorrow. Right. It, it may be beyond their control. And so here's <laughs> the last message for those of you who have brokerages and have teams, and you're finally deciding to basically not just be pulling so hard on the overly optimistic side, and you're looking at realistically what's going to happen in your future. I want you to strongly consider texting me now at 512-758-0206 and let's have a conversation about EXP. EXP Realty is going to give you a safe harbor in this storm. It's going to give you a graceful exit out of the you know financial hardship that you and your agents don't need to suffer. If you are EXP curious, as virtually all of you are, and you are looking for a reason to take that conversation to the next level, uh, how about a global pandemic? Do you think that does it for you? <laughs> so text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, please go back and listen to all of our past podcasts, especially since the you know pandemic started to be something that we took seriously, which was about a month ago. And then absolutely positively, you guys got to put your own masks on first. Take our advice. Take this seriously. Um, get off the fence about whether this is real or not. It is real. It is going to affect you. It is going to affect people you love. It's up to you now to essentially create a path forward for yourself so you don't have to suffer needlessly. And guys, please don't do what most people unfortunately will do, which is wait too long. I know everything feels like it did. I know everything feels normal. I know things haven't changed that much. I know, I mean, Julie and I are not... We're sort of antisocial by nature, if you didn't get it from us shooing our friends off. <laughs> I mean, we're antisocial by nature, sir. So this lifestyle is not that foreign for us, to be honest with you. But for a lot of you guys, it is. And this is going to feel, you know, radically different for a long period of time. These are going to, we're going to see a new set of social norms take place that are going to be just nothing we've ever seen before. You know, maybe Julie was talking the other day, and I kind of made fun of her, and I got to thinking about it. You know, maybe she's right. Maybe the new thing's going to be bowing. Maybe the new thing's going to be elbow, but maybe people are just going to stop shaking hands. Silly things well, like that. You know what? I, I don't feel like shaking hands. and like I'd like to have given Cindy a hug just now, but, you know, she's no. a good friend of mine. We'll do virtual hugs. <laughs> virtual right. hug. But I'll tell you one thing I am thrilled about is my, <laughs> my, uh, my premier coaching clients. You know, I have such killer attendance on that uh, week, I'm sorry, daily live coaching call. And they're doing a great job sharing their victory stories. They're talking about people that they are helping. They're talking about the conversations they're having about low interest rates and refinances and getting people into the houses that and getting them closed. Lots of really good support there. That's part of their family. We are part of your real estate virtual family now. And since you're all home, you've really got no excuse. But to be on those coaching calls, I you know, I really look forward to those. And, uh, you know, 
I think it's probably our biggest attendance ever because people are looking for some direction and looking for some support. And Premier Coaching students, we are actually going to expand um, the services we're providing to you at no additional cost. So if you're in a Premier yep. Coaching program, Julie's not only going to do the daily semi-private coaching call the way she's been doing it, but we're also adding on um, our members-only Facebook page a live um, FaceTime or what's it called? I forget what it's called. Basically, Something it's essentially like a video conference call with all of you guys where you're going to ask your questions real time. What we're wanting to do and we are doing is we're essentially um, we're really focusing on giving you guys a sense of community because we know a lot of you are not going to do very well in the isolation. It's going to freak you out. And what has a tendency to happen when people start acting like that is they b dig themselves mental, emotional, and then financial holes that they can't get out of. And we're going to do everything in our power to prevent that from happening. Um, we're enhancing all, and we're not raising any of our prices. We're going to make it so Premier Coaching is available to all of you guys for a, a basically $100 a month. And you'll have whatever happens with short sales and REOs. Yep. You'll have, you know, all of that support. And BPOs. BPOs. That's all going to be integrated. And, and we're going to, we're basically going to offer to finance all of you guys for 100%. So if you don't want to use your credit cards, if you want to keep your powder dry for your own cash flow, we can finance you 100% of the coaching program. We're talking about all that. Guys, we're here. We've got your backs. And we're going to be talking about all this with you in the upcoming days. So stay tuned. Stay close. So if there's anything we can do for you guys, just reach out to us. Your homework is if you've not done it yet, make sure you text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And then we'll give you the real estate treasure map, which is your 12-month business and lead generation plan. But it'll also entitle you to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. If you want to move forward now and join our coaching program, I'll tell you what, just text me directly and I'll send you or text directly to one of our new member coaches. Text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And in the uh, subject line, just put coaching and I'll make sure that they take care of you guys immediately. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you anytime.